welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Uh, I want to preach a message this morning that I actually spoke twice last year. I spoke at a City Life Church in Vancouver, Pastor Todd Lewick, uh, whose family pastors a church in Chilliwack called City Life Church, and it's called Where Do I Run? I also spoke it at our church at Hope City last year, um, but it was just something that the Lord put on my spirit again for this season because there's just so much running here and there's just so much running there and you, you could just be you know listening to me right now and you're just like, what are you talking about? I'm not running. I'm literally just sitting in my house right now. I mean like in the area of just like running with your heart, running with your fears, running like that kind of running. And so this message today is entitled, Where Do I Run? If you have a Bible, open it up this morning to Proverbs 18.10. Pastor Jake loves the sound of uh, pages turning in a Bible. And perhaps we need to record some pages in the Bible for him so he can just listen to it over and over on his phone. But we're going to pray before we get started this morning. God, we thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you that in your presence is fullness of life and fullness of joy. God, we thank you that you are the one who is present in every single season, Lord Jesus. You are the one who stands strong with us on the mountain. And you are the one that stands strong and still with us in every valley, Lord. And even in seasons at times where we feel very alone and we feel very vulnerable, Lord, that we can still find victory in the valley We can still find victory in the vulnerability, Lord, because you are with us. You are for us. You are not against us. Your arm is stretched out towards us even this morning, God. So we all take our hands out and we stretch them out towards you, God, and we cling on to you this morning. You know, just like the song says, and I cling to the old rugged cross. God, we cling to your cross. We cling to your word. We cling to your truth. With all that we have this season, Lord Jesus, because we need you, God. We need your life. We need your power. We need your authority. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need the power of you, Holy Spirit, to come upon us that we can be witnesses and testify of the goodness of God. And we all said, amen. You can text somebody else this morning and text, amen. I like to say that we can do a lot of things, friends, but we can't do much without Jesus, and we certainly can't do much without the power of the Holy Spirit. So there's a lot of pressure this season. There's a lot of things coming at all of us, and it looks like different things to different people. Things are constantly shifting. You know, even if you read the news, the data just seems like it's constantly changing and can be hard to adjust and it can bring anxiousness and it can bring fears and you know all sorts of things it can bring a lot of uncertainty and unsurety but I want to remind us this morning before we get into the word that Jesus said be of or he said in this world you're going to have trouble he said this in John 16 33 he said in this world you're going to have trouble we say Jen I'm a Christian what do you mean there's trouble we live in a world of a fallen nature thank you Adam you know, where sin entered the world, and that changed everything, but we just celebrated Good Friday, right? We just celebrated Resurrection Sunday, where Jesus rose, and Jesus is alive, and he came 
that we could have victory in the valley. And you know what Jesus said? He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But guess what, guys? He said, be of good cheer. I've overcome all of that. I'm here. And I've come to heal. I've come to save. I've come to restore that which was lost and that which was broken. So let's be of good cheer. We can be of good cheer in this season because Jesus is here. So in another translation, it says, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. So it doesn't just say trouble, but in another translation, it says tribulation. But I looked that up, and I want to just break this down for you this morning before we get started. In the Greek, it's the word flip, flip, <laughs> flipsis, okay? T-H, you try saying it, okay? T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S, okay? It sounds like kind of like a, you know, lisp. Slipsis. Tribulation means pressure, and I'm sure so many of us can relate at least to one of these words, pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, adversity, affliction, crushing, squashing, so it's a word that we don't hear a lot, but we feel squashed, squeezed, distressed. And just even as I read through those words, I'm sure I, I, I said a word in there that at least some of you related to. But you know what's really cool is when you look up these words, and I encourage you, look up words. If it's the Old Testament in the Hebrew into linear, if you go to the New Testament, you can type in Greek into linear and break these words down because there's, there's more power in these words than even in the English language when you look them up because you're going to the original, okay? On the flip side of this word of tribulation, I'm hoping you get this before we get started today. It's like denoting grapes being squeezed, or olives in an olive press. That's on the flip side. So what's it really saying here is that even through trials, even through squashing, even through crushing, even through uncertainties and all of this, as we are being squeezed, if we let it, the best can come out of us. Amen? The best can come out of you. The best can come out of your home. The best can come out of your marriage. The best can come out of your children. When we surrender to God... When we don't complain in the valley and we're like, you know, when we're in the valley and we're not trusting in God, this is definitely not our season not to trust God. This is our season to be all in with Jesus. We have an opportunity here to be all in with Jesus, to be all in with God, and to know that the God that we stood with on the mountain is the God that I'm standing with and I'm standing strong in the valley. As we grab the hands of the loved ones next to us and we're like, no, we're standing firm. On the flip side, is we're, is we're squeezed, like grapes being squeezed, is that the juice comes out, the nutrients comes out, the good stuff comes out, and the olives being pressed, the good stuff. You know, I looked up what olives do. Olives are an anti-inflammatory. Uh, olives have antioxidants. That's good stuff. So when you're feeling inflamed emotionally, there's a way to be uninflamed emotionally. And that is when we are leaning and we are trusting in Jesus, we... It, it's going to be hard. It's going to be harder than it has to if we don't invite Jesus into this season. But as we surrender and as we let go of the fears and the cares and the anxieties, and I, I spoke about this a little bit on Good Friday, is that we just have to lift up our hands to Jesus. And I actually did this today. You know, I did this before uh, or this morning before worship, and I just said, Jesus, I just surrender all of this to you. The last two days where it's just been tough, and it's been hard. I just surrender it to you, Lord. I, I, I forgive me for not doing this sooner, but would you just come in and, Holy Spirit, I need your power, I need your anointing, and I need your authority. See, he's waiting on us. He's already done the finished work. And if that's you this morning, even before we go on 
you can just lift your hands up in your home and say, Jesus, I just invite you in. And I am going to be of good cheer because you have overcome it all. Okay, come on. Text another friend and say, Amen. Preach it, Jenny. <laughs> Preach it, Jenny. Got to love it when your daughter uh, calls you Jenny. It's great. It's so good. Okay, so you, you're at Proverbs 18.10. I'm going to try to fly through this because I've talked already a little bit more than I was planning on. But Proverbs 18.10 says, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous, we're running, and when we run, we are safe. I love this scripture. I will never forget the first time that I actually laid hold of this scripture. I was probably just a little bit older than Sydney. I was at my parents' house, and I, and I think I was holding a scream inside because I just began to get more revelation of what this scripture really, really meant. I just want to break it down. I really want to talk about the name of Jesus being like a tower. For some of you who haven't really thought about this, especially in this season, I think it's vital to look at scriptures like this. But I want to break this down because we're literally just landing on this verse today. One at the end, but literally just this. So the name, we know the name. We sang about it so much today. It was perfect. The, the list was perfect for this message. It wasn't planned. But it was perfect because we're singing about the name. How, how wonderful is the name? How beautiful is the name? You know, the name of Jesus. You have no rival. You have no equal. That is the name that we have to stand on. That is the name that laid his life down for us. That is the name that rose from the dead so we could have victory and stand strong in every season so that you could have victory. Yes, even in the valley so that you could have hope in the valley each and every season, it's the name of Jesus. Philippians 2, 10, 11 says, and at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. In verse 11, it says, to the glory of the Father. So the name of the Lord is like a strong tower. And we know what strong means. Strong means strong. A strong tower. So we can put these together. It's not a wimpy tower. Jesus is not a wimpy tower made of popsicle sticks or like hay or stubble. He's strong, he's fortified. And a tower, let's think about what a tower is. A tower isn't like this short little like, you know, have you ever stood in a tower? Have you ever like traveled to Europe and you've looked at old towers? They're big. They're strong. And you're just like, whoa. And they stand for a long time. I was just in Ireland this past fall. And there was towers everywhere. And these were up for over a 1,000 years. And they just looked as strong and mighty as they did, the, I'm sure, the day that they, were, that they were originally built. But Jesus is like that name. It's, it's, a, it's a high place. It's a fortified place. It's not a place made of popsicle sticks or, you know, wood that you could just, like, kick over that you could just burn. It's made of, it's made of rock. It's made of, of stuff that you just can't push over, but it's fortified. That's what the name of Jesus is like. It's a strong tower. It's higher than it is wide. And it says that the righteous run to it. You know, what are the righteous? You know, um, when we grew up, you know, we heard a lot of people, what does righteous mean? Well, it means right standing with God, you know. And you grow, you grow up as a young person, you're like, what does that even mean, you know? And I like to think of it this way. A righteous person... Not self-righteous, okay, that's different. But a righteous person is when your heart is conformed to do the will of God. Did you hear that? 
It's when your heart is fully surrendered and conformed to do the will of God. Because, you know, it's saying when the righteous run, is that when your heart is to do the will of God, you want to run to Jesus, right? You, you want to obey God. You, 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 you don't want to stay away from him. You actually want to draw closer to him because you want to do his will. You desire to be with him. So it's saying the name of the Lord is a strong place. It's a high place. The conformed ones to the will of God run to it, him, and they are safe. How many of you felt unsafe this season? You felt insecure. You felt really uncertain. You felt really alone. You felt really unsure, like you've never felt unsure before, especially you young people, next generation. I feel for you, and my heart and my prayers go out to you because you've never actually seen a crisis yet in your lifetime. So this is the first time that you're really experiencing anything on this level. And I can only imagine, even with everything else that you're having to deal with, how tough that this has been for you. But God has a word for you this morning. And he would say to you this morning, though at times lonely, you are never alone. And you can run to me, Jesus says. You can run to me with all of your heart, and I am a safe place for you. So I want to break down the word tower, if we can, just for a few moments. And I want to talk about five or six, probably five things that a tower is. Just so that, you know, it's good when we read the word of God, not just to like skim over it. You know, when, you, when you're reading the word of God, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. God doesn't want necessarily quantity time with you. He wants quality time with you each and every day. He is not pleased with us because we have read 500 verses every single day. Do you know what he wants? He wants your heart. You know, the Bible, the Psalm 119.10 says, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things in your, in your law. David said that. God wants us to be like that when we read the word in the morning, not like open my eyes that I can see a thousand things in your law. No, God's, God wants us to spend time with him and just have that heart, that righteous, conformed heart to do his will. Father, would you open my eyes today that I may see some quality, tangible things, you know, things that you're wanting to speak to me today and have some real fellowship with me. Okay, so we're going to talk about five things that a tower is. And if you're taking notes today, just write these down. The first one is, is that the name of God, the name of the Lord, is a place of perspective. And I want you to think about that for a minute. We need some perspective this season, don't we? We can read the news we can listen to people who are struggling with fear. And what does that give us? That actually gives us confusion and, and real lack of perspective, actually, because it gives us an earthly perspective. And there are things that are happening right now that are a truth, you know. But then there is the truth, and that's the word of God, and that's everything's going to be okay. That's Jesus is my healer. That's Psalm 91, that no evil will befall me, no plague will be near my dwelling or my home or my children or my animals. <laughs> That's perspective. And when we run to Jesus, our strong tower, we gain that perspective. Have you ever just, even now, perhaps you spent time in the presence of the Lord this morning or, you know, you spend time around godly friends. It's, unfortunately, it's just with Zoom this season. But, you know, if you can go back, remember like four or five weeks ago when you could actually spend some quality time with your 
your, with your buddies, you know, or just talking about Jesus, doesn't that give you a perspective and you're just like, I love Jesus, and things just become so much clearer when you're with Jesus or around people who love Jesus? Have you ever heard just a powerful message that was preached and you just, you just gain such clarity and you're like, oh my gosh, everything's clear. And then what happens an hour later? And you come out of that and you're like, oh, everything's back, you know, like muddy and unclear. But we can have that perspective each and every day. It says that. Proverbs 18.10, we're looking at it today. The name of Jesus is like that. It's like a strong tower. He's a righteous run. We can run to him today and we can be safe. So it gives us perspective. It gives us clarity. Things become more clear as we run to Jesus, you know, and, and even as you walk closer to someone, you know, if, if you walk closer to me, you're going to, you know, maybe I'll look younger from far away. And then the closer you get to me, like, oh, she's not 20. You know, you start seeing, but it's true with anyone. You start seeing wrinkles and you start seeing in, imperfections. You gain a little bit of perspective or you get around me, you start, you start knowing my personality and my characteristics and my heart and things like that. We gain a greater perspective of Jesus the closer that we move or the closer that we move to him. So the tower, it's a high place. When we get the perspective, or when we get the God perspective, when we take our place in him, we get the righteous perspective in the presence of the Lord. And I said this before, we need vision and clarity this season, friends, amongst the chaos and amongst the noise so that things are clear. And we can have that in Jesus. When we run to Jesus, friends, we go higher. Come on, text a friend this morning. Say, you're going higher. You're going higher with Jesus. The next thing that a tower does, it's a place of protection. And I'm sure many of you have been reading this. You've probably been writing it. I hope memorizing it. It's a great, it's a great passage, an important passage to memorize. We had to memorize it in Christian school many, many years ago. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, Almighty's wings, and I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my God, my fortress, the one in whom I trust. It's a place of protection. Friends, you're going to be okay when you're hidden in Christ. The safest place, and I know someone's listening to me right now, the safest place that you can be is in the presence of God and in the will of God. Did you hear me? The safest place that you're going to be, even in September, I'm speaking to someone now, is in the presence of God, is in the will of God. The presence of God is your place of fortification. It's high, it's made of stone. You know, when you think about a tower too, there's not a lot of windows in a tower. Why? Because it's a place of defense. It's also a place of offense, and we'll talk about that later. But it is a place of defense. God's got you. He has got you, but you've got to, you've got, to got him. You get that? He's got you. And that place, that, that place of protection, it can withstand targets from the enemy. When the enemy's just trying to shoot arrow after arrow, well, it's not arrows, I'm shooting guns right there, but, you know, arrow, I don't shoot arrows very well, by the way. Just, I am not an archer. No comments from the peanut gallery back there. I was not on an Olympic team for archery. But I was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, but it withstands the targets of the enemy. I love this next one. Uh, the tower is a place of peace. Who needs peace? Oh, I need so much peace. I need peace every single moment. I'm naturally a let's go and do everything person. I need peace every second, every millisecond of every day. 
The peace is a place where nothing seems missing and nothing is lacking and nothing is broken. And you know what I love about the name? You know what I love about Jesus? It's that he doesn't just give us peace. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. But, you know, he doesn't just, it's not something that he just gives, but the Bible says that he is our prince of peace. It is who he is. He can't run out of peace. He can't run out of it because it's who he is. He is the source and will always be the source of our peace. And even in the valley and even in the storm, like Jesus slept in the boat. We're not going to look at that today. But he could have peace. The disciples didn't understand how he could have peace. But he had peace. And in any moment, because the Prince of Peace, if you've accepted Jesus into your heart, then the Prince of Peace lives on the inside of you. And at any moment, you could just put your hand on your heart or lift up your hands. You could say, Father, I thank you that you are the peace that is still inside of me right now. And you could say, well, don't I need someone to pray for me? Yeah, sometimes. But guess what? You can pray for yourself, too. And just activate that and pray and just say, Father, I thank you for your peace. I just receive that peace that passes understanding right now. Isaiah 26, 3, I don't know if you read this verse, but you could write this down. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. This is a season where we have to even like, extraordinarily set our mind on Jesus. You know, even before your feet touch the floor, I would just encourage you, you know, I don't know about that moment that you have when you wake up in the morning, but I, I hear God say it to me every morning where I just want to, like, jump out of bed or, like, grab my phone or start looking at Instagram or Facebook or emails or did someone text me in the middle of the night, so I got to just get it done. He's just, he's training me. I say training because he's still reminding me every morning. I'm getting it. I'm really close to, like, having it whipped. But for that moment when I'm just, I'm waking up and you're, like, almost awake. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're almost there. Um, but things are so clear and the noise isn't there yet. The noise of life isn't there. And just allowing him to speak to you in those moments. I'm trying to work on that even more and more each and every day because my mind is totally stayed on him. Like it says here, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. You can have those moments all day long. We say, how can I have that in the midst of chaos? Because we sang about it today. Because you're a child of God. Mm-hmm. It's part of our inheritance is that he is part of us. The Bible says that I and him, he and me in John 15, apart from him, I can't do anything. Next one, it's the tower, the name of Jesus. It's a place of, the tower is a place of power. I love that it rhymes. I really mean it. If anyone's ever seen The Princess Bride, anybody want a peanut? I totally, <laughs> I totally love that part. Anyway, I digress. His tower, is, his tower is a place of power. When we run to that name, there is power. Like the song says, you know, there is power in the name of Jesus. And then it says to break every chain, to break every chain. There is power There is authority in the name of Jesus. Well, where do we find that? In the tower, in his presence. There is power, and we can get charged up. We can get revved up. That's why we got to spend time with him, the one who is our power source. Plug it in. Plug yourself into Jesus. And as we run inside the tower... We are positioning ourselves as the sons and daughters of God, as the children of God. 
in a place of power and of victory. And this, and this tower in that place, in the place of power, now isn't just a place of defense, but now in that place is you recognize that there's power in the tower, that it can become a place of offense, where now you're not just in there hiding, but you're in there and you are advancing at the enemy. And that's what God's calling in this hour. He's calling people to be like, I want you to know who you are. I want you to know your authority in me. I want you to know what you're carrying. Yes, there's times where you got to put your shields up, but then there's a time to advance. And I have heard the Lord saying over and over every day, the time to sing louder is now. The time for more prayer is now. The time, if you're listening and you haven't given your life to Jesus, the time to give your life to Jesus is now. You have been called to this world for such a time as this. If you haven't been walking right with Jesus, the time to get it right is today. And position yourself in the tower because God wants to fill you with his power, baby, because you've been called to his kingdom on a holy assignment for such a time as this. Your life doesn't belong to you. My life doesn't belong to me. That's part of the righteous, what we said. It's one who's conformed to the will of God. And would we just run to the tower? Would we just lay everything down at the foot of the cross? And just run to Jesus so he can fill us with his power that we could be mighty exploits for him. (laughs) And finally, and this is the obvious one because we've already been talking about it, but I want you to write it down. It's a place of his presence. There's an old song by Lenny LeBlanc. He was one of the writers of uh, Above All. But it was a song, I need you more and more than yesterday. I need you more and more than words can say. I need you more than ever before. I need you more. I need you, Lord. We need his presence. Friends, when we've got Jesus, we have got everything. We have got everything. Psalm 1611, this is about his presence. In the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Pastor Jake talked about on Hope Today a couple weeks ago of Nehemiah 8.10. Don't sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's a season to go deeper into his presence. It's a, it's, a, it's a season to go deeper into prayer. It's a season to spend more time with Jesus. And here's the thing. It's not just about us getting to know him, but it's allowing him to get to know us. And you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. How could the one who created me not know me? It's because you're surrendering yourself for you to want him to know you. That's different. It's different, and I've been learning this even more this past year when God began to speak to me about this. I'm really good, I think, at getting to know people. I love getting to know people, but it's a whole different thing of allowing other people to get to know me. Sometimes you're dealing with stuff and your walls go up. Because when you allow God to get to know you, he starts talking to you about the stuff that's in your life and the stuff that's in your heart. And you're like, God, I really don't want to hear that right now. I really don't want to fix that. I'm okay the way that I am. But it's a season to run to his presence and get to know the Lord. But allow him to get to know you in an intimate way that he could correct you. He could encourage you. He could counsel you. He could restore your soul. He could restore you from the pain and the grief, perhaps, of your childhood through the abuse, 
through the trauma, run to his presence. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous ones run to him and they are safe. Where can we run this season? Well, not much farther than our house, but we can run to Jesus. Where can we help others to run this season? We can help each other run to Jesus and encourage one another in this grace called life. If you haven't been running to Jesus, today is a good day to start. Today is a good day to be, you know, like that old song says, you know, this is the first day of the rest of your life. This is the first day of all of our rest of our lives. Whether we've got one day left or thousands of days left, this is the first day that we can again run to Jesus with open arms. I didn't talk about running in in, uh, Proverbs 18.10, but the righteous running, that run literally means it's it's not a voluntary response. It's an involuntary response. It's that I got to make haste for the presence of the Lord. And I'm praying for all of us today. May we run with haste into the presence of the Lord with hearts flung fling wide to him. The scripture says uh, in Psalm um, 24, fling wide you gates. Fling wide you ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. And I'm praying that for you today. That as you fling wide the gates of your heart, as you fling wide the doors of your heart, that the king of glory is going to meet you. That the king of glory is going to restore your heart. That the king of glory is going to restore relationships in your life that have been broken or the enemy has stolen. That the king of glory is going to shut doors that need to be shut and closed in your life. That the king of glory is going to fling wide open doors in your life. But it comes as we run to the name of Jesus because when we've got Jesus, friends, we have got everything. Last scripture I want to share is Matthew 11, 28. And you're going to be very familiar with this scripture, I'm sure. Maybe not. But Matthew 11, 28 says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Another translation will say, all you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's some of us have been like that oxen out in the field with that yoke. If every of you have seen that, you know, even in movies or you've been a farmer, but there's yokes that they put on animals. I'm just using an oxen today for an example. And you've been toiling so hard. You've been trying to do everything in your own strength and there's no fruit. You've been trying to make this work and that work. You've been running here, there, and everywhere. But the Lord's just saying to you today, just take that off and put me on. Would you just run into my tower, my place of protection, my place of perspective, my place of peace, my place of power? Would you just run to me today? so that I could be your peace, so that I could be your joy, so that I could be your wisdom, so that I could be your song, so that I could be your father, so that I could be your friend, so that I could be your husband, so that I could be your comforter. See, we get all of that when we run into the name of the Lord. So God's calling us today to run, and he's reminding us to come. And he's drawing us so gently, and I can feel it. I can sense it right now strongly that the Spirit of God 
is drawing us to him this morning. So if you could, if you'd be willing to lift your hands up to Jesus this morning. 